Welcome to your personal branding podcast with Bernard Kelvin Clive, your number one career and business podcast in Ghana, bringing you expert interviews and insights into personal branding, personal development, and publishing. Now, here's your host, Bernard Kelvin Clive. All right, welcome to another edition of a personal branding podcast. I'm your host, Bernard Kelvin Clive, and this special, special edition, I have my special guest, Christine Shivago, with me. Christine, welcome to the Personal Branding Podcast Show. Thank you. I appreciate it. As a pleasure, I treasure. <laughs> yeah, Christine Shivago is a president and founder of Shivago Partners, a digital marketing management company, and she is the author of the five-star book, Roadmap to Revenue, How to Sell the Way Your Customers Want to Buy. And you know you want your customers to buy the way they want to. So my guest today is Christine. Christine, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Well, I spent decades as a revenue coach. Mostly, uh, I was in Silicon Valley most of that time, mostly to tech companies. But once the web emerged in 1994, I started branching out to other industries. So I pretty much cover the gamut now. Um, and then uh, about two and a half years ago, I co-founded two companies with my business partner or a business partner, new business partner, um, which was Cloud Potential and Cloudwise Academy. And uh, we did digital marketing for people and also Cloudwise Academy trains people on marketable skills so you learn to earn it's evening classes for adults um, who are working and want to shift careers or students and that's still going strong all of it's good um, but I also realized that I really enjoy the whole b2b side of things and most of the clients I was bringing in are on the b2b side so uh, we split up um, the beginning of July and or the end of June and the first of July I started Chivago Partners um, and um, been going ever since for the last 30 days, putting all the systems in place, making sure clients had what they needed. And um, it's been going great. I'm thrilled. It's real good. You seem to be well vested in the customer and online business uh, field. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Definitely been watching buyers uh, for decades. And, and that goes back to my uh, experience as a revenue coach. Whenever I work with companies, the first thing that I do is interview some of their customers and find out that what the company is thinking about their customers is different than what the customers are thinking about the company and what they want to do and how they want to buy. And uh, so by finding that out and, and realizing years ago that those lists were completely different, I realized there was a gap between what the sellers were thinking and what the buyers were thinking. And that causes most of the problems, no matter what kind of marketing you're doing. And it's actually getting worse now because people assume that they know the customer because they can build personas and they can track them online. And, you know, they, 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 they build these, these really fictional, um, personas in their head and characteristics. And honestly, it's still not what the customer's thinking. 
No. So you could see that uh, uh, companies have a different perception of their customers, while customers have a different perception about what their products or services. They are not in line. Mm-hmm. That's right. And so everything the company does is off. Mm. It's off target. It's not relevant. It's boring. It's intrusive. It misses the point. And so, and it's even worse now because people come to your site and you have literally two seconds mm-hmm. to to either relate to them and have them say, "Oh, I'm staying here. I'm pursuing this," or "I'm out of here." That's it. So it's it's even worse than it used to be. Mm. Kristen, let's delve deep on the subject of today. Let's look at branding in the age of digital customers, the ever-changing demands of customers online how do companies effectively brand online and especially to get their target customers to purchase from them well the first thing to realize is that people are less and less impressed by branding per se and i have this famous saying about branding which is branding is the promise that you make but your brand is the promise that you keep Mm, and your brand yeah and your brand is the thing that people say to each other when they talk about you it's usually a conditional statement like they're real good at this but they really are bad at that so that's what follows you around is this conditional statement and your strengths and weaknesses are out there for everyone to see in the age of digital everything's transparent now right so you know, people have had an experience with your company and they talk about it and they share it with others. It's really easy to find out now the truth about any particular uh, company. So that's different than it used to be. Buyers can easily talk to each other and they can they can get advice from perfect strangers um, who have had an experience with you. And the second thing is experience. It's, it's now all about the experience. And there have been studies done by Google that show that people will stick with a brand if the experience is good and mm. they will leave a brand if the experience is bad. So if you think you have quote unquote brand equity, <laughs> but you're not treating your customers well, well, guess what? You don't have any brand equity. That's true. I used to believe that thing that uh, customer loyalty is a lifetime thing, but it's not so. (laughs) Customer loyalty lasts about two nanoseconds now. (laughs) Yeah. So branding in the age of the digital customer means that you really have to know what they want and you have to give it to them. And as my book title says, you have to make it easy for them to buy from you, Mm. which is a completely different mindset than, quote unquote, selling to them, you know, trying to Mm. manipulate them or persuade them or that's just those days are over. I mean, people are completely over being persuaded. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So it's really about and so then you have to understand it. You have to understand the customer. You have to understand what's driving them to buy. You know, what's the problem they're really trying to solve? Not the one you wish they would think about and solve because that's what your product does best, but the one that they really want to solve. And I, I give you an example if, mm-hmm. if we have time. Um, uh, I was working with a company that makes software for uh, 
field technicians. So any company that has a technician who goes out in the field and fixes furnaces or air conditioning or whatever they do, plumbers or whatever, um, this is the software that you would use to run your business. And the people who developed that software were absolutely excited about the fact that they interacted or they interfaced or integrated with QuickBooks. And that was the big thing. And they talked about it in their website and they were all excited about it. And then I interviewed their customers. And it turns out, and this is really common, that the customer uh, just assumed that they that all of them integrated with QuickBooks. It was not a big deal to them. And these are what I call industry baseline promises, like boats are supposed to float, airplanes are supposed to fly, food's not supposed to poison you, that kind of thing. And so they just took for granted that everybody was integrated with QuickBooks, maybe not as elegantly as my client, but still. So so here they talk about this on their website, and they're all about this, and it's actually a barrier to the sale because the customer is coming there looking for something else, you know, other characteristics that appeal to them, yeah. and this one didn't, didn't matter. No, it turns cool. out that the thing that they really cared about that the reason that they bought that product was because if you enter data once, when you're in your first phone call with that customer and you get their name and address and phone number and all that stuff, it automatically, the program would automatically populate all other areas like the invoices and the, the directions to the drivers and all that stuff wow. immediately populated. And if you're a small business, you don't want to enter data twice. Mm -hmm. So that was the big deal for them. And we ended up changing the name of the company to, to, you know, match this characteristic. It turned out to be the top thing. And then they took off like a rocket. So that's, that's a perfect example of what we think is important and what they think is important and how the two don't meet. So Christine, how, what was the first starting point? Now the company thinking that the customers are looking at the company in one way, organization think they should be this way. How do you begin to make customers begin to buy the way you want or produce products and service for their purchasing style? Are you asking how the company can figure out how to do it right? Exactly. Is that what you're asking? Exactly. Okay. Well, that's why I wrote the book. Um, the first thing you do is you interview customers who have already bought from you. And in one of my chapters, chapter three, I spell out exactly how to do that. And I've done thousands of customer interviews. So I've learned a few lessons <laughs> about how to do it. And I spell it all out. All the secrets are in there. And it just says, you know, here's how you get them on the phone. And phone interviews are the best. They'll talk more freely on the phone than they will even in person. You don't survey them because those are your questions with your preconceived notions. And they're, you know, that doesn't work. You want to have an open-ended discussion with them with a couple of leading questions, which I also give in the book. So that's the first place you start. That's asking them. And the other side of it is watching them. So we now have the ability to go into Google Analytics and other tools and say, okay, what were they looking for when they came here? What problem were they trying to solve? Which pages did they look at? Did they stay there? And all of that. And that's important, but it's kind of like watching someone from afar and saying, okay, he's dressed this way. He goes these places, but you don't know why. 
Uh, you need to interview them. They are human beings. You do have to, to hear them, talk to them, and, and get the, the detail, the down, you know, why did he put that shirt on? Why did he go there? What did he have in mind when he was doing it? What was his intent? So intentions are super important when it comes to buying. You really need to understand people's intentions because that's what drives them. So that's the other thing just uh, that you get from the interviews is you, you get intentions. The good news is if you have in-depth conversations with people on the phone, you can talk to five to seven people of any given type, and you're going to get your patterns. You're going to understand the big picture. And I, I, that, I proved that to myself over and over again. I had big companies that said, oh, that's not enough people. You need to talk to more people. You need to talk to 40 people. And I said, you're going to waste your money. if you, It's just not worth it. But I did because they asked me to. And I ended up using the interviewing time by saying, okay, by the 10th person, it was so obvious what was going on. But I would just say to that person, well, okay, this is after they'd said all they were going to say, I would say, you know, I've also heard this from other people. What do you think about this? So I would then get confirmation of the things that were already happening. So at least they got their money's worth that way. But honestly, five to seven people in, of any given type, they have to be a certain type of person, like a VP or, or the mother who's buying this or the father who's buying that or, you know, it has to be a type of person. And then you'll see the trends and you'll understand what the big picture is. You'll understand your strength and your weakness. You know, they're real good, good at this, not so good at that. So you'll know what you can promote and what you need to fix in the background. So more about interviewing and sampling people, real customers, not just. Uh, what about online surveys? Does that work? Does that fit into this? Yeah, it doesn't really work. I mean, the problem is when you're doing an online survey, um, you're. First of all, you can't really pick who you're who you're talking to, and when you interview, the the people you talk to is important. Like you'll say, okay, I want to talk to five people in big companies and five people in small companies, or. Um, I want to talk to five purchasing agents and five VPs or whatever your your groups are, and you'll know what they are. Um, so you don't really know who's responding to the surveys, or even if you do, it's kind of, you know, you're sort of getting only the people who have time, number one, and nobody has time anymore. Um, <laughs> and the second thing is those are your questions based on your ideas and your thoughts and your misconceptions. And... You know, it reminds me, I once had a gal call me on the phone and, and do a survey, and she said, a, you know, choices A, B, or C. <laughs> and I thought about it, and I said, well, actually, none of those. I mean, my my thing is over here. And she goes, oh, okay, well, I'll just say B. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought to myself, oh, boy, somebody's getting a report back there at corporate headquarters that says B, everybody said B. Okay, yeah. So not a good idea. They don't really work. I mean, it doesn't, you really don't. Now, after you've done all the interviews, if you want to confirm your findings that way with a larger group, sure, then you can do a survey. But then those questions are coming from the customer, not from your head. Oh, okay. So this needs to get real people to interact and, and question them to get yeah. uh, the, the data to work with. Yeah, and one more thing, the, the reason that you call people who have already purchased from you is because you're trying to reverse engineer a successful sale and repeat them, okay? 
So, and the people who have already bought from you are no longer negotiating with you. When you're selling to them, they're negotiating and they're playing poker and they're not going to tell you what they're really thinking. But after they've bought, they have a vested interest in your success. And so they're willing to help you. And and people are actually quite helpful. Um, and they will spend an hour on the phone if you make an appointment. And they will tell you and answer questions and really try to, because they want you to succeed and they want you to do a better job of serving them. So they're happy to talk. And they'll tell you what they were thinking while they were buying and how the salesman screwed up. You know, 30 minutes in, he started gossiping about clients or something, and they almost didn't buy because of that. I mean, so there's all sorts of information in their heads, and you'll find out how they searched for you and why they searched the way they did and, you know, where they went when they came to your site and what they were thinking and what they wished you had said that would have worked. Christine, so what role does the Internet play in all this uh, buyer purchase behavior and brands? Well, the Internet is your brand. I mean, honestly, it, it's your store. It's your customer service. It's your it's it's everything about you. It is your persona. And, and I don't talk about customer personas because I, I think there are myths that we make up. <laughs> I do talk about an SEO persona, which is, you know, your identity in the mind of Google and how you establish that, how you do that. We do a lot of that kind of work. Um, but your your identity online plays a role at every single little step in the buying process. They might come to you at the beginning. They might come to you in the middle. They might come to you to your site while they're on the phone with your salesperson just to see if, if, you know, to, I don't know how many of us do that. We're on the phone with somebody and they're saying something and we think, oh, I'm going to go to their site and just check that out. <laughs> you know, so yeah. it, it, it's, it's the thing that's sitting there. It's your persona. It's your presence. It's the personification of everything you stand for. And they should be able to do whatever they want to do as part of their buying process in that environment, in your environment, and that's your brand. That is your online brand. So how do we ensure that the online brand of you, uh, company, your company stands out from the competitors to ensure that customers keep patronizing your products and services? Well, it goes back to what I was saying. If you give the customer, if you understand what the customer wants and you give it to them, you are automatically going to be heads and shoulders above 90% of your competition because everybody assumes they understand the customer and they'll just do whatever they please. That's Everybody does that. That's the majority. It's always been that way. It's still that way. And so just by being the one who understands what they want, and gives it to them from the second they come into your site, like that software company I was talking about, where the minute they come in, it says you only enter data once. If that's what it said, instead of we integrate with QuickBooks, you're you're still there. You're like, oh, cool. A, a, golly, a software program that I'm, I can only enter. That's so cool. Tell me how you do it. Is it really true? You know, show me. And so the very next thing would be to show a little quick video demo of that. Okay, so, you know, there's a there's a one-minute demo that says, okay, you enter it here, and it goes here and 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 here. And here's an example of that. 
And by that time, in that one minute, that person, because you have hit the nail right on the head, they're completely right there. They're like, okay, I need to, I need to talk to a salesperson or I need to tr- do a trial of this thing. That's it. Because it was so on target. And if you do that, you, it's really hard for people to compete with you because you're giving the customer what they want in order to, for them to buy. The thing that people forget, customers want to buy. People, I mean, people spend money all day long. They, they, they want to buy things. That's what people do. They're either making money or spending it. And they want to buy, so they want you to make it easy for them to get what they want and to come in and say, oh, good, finally, somebody gets it. They understand me. They give me what I want. Oh, good. Here's my money. Take my money, please. <laughs> so with, with your savings and research and booking all this while, do you think that making things easier for customers to one find your product and two to purchase also mm-hmm. drive sales oh absolutely and and that goes back to search engine optimization because google's your other customer now it didn't always be this way but it is now and especially now in the last couple of years marketing has been completely dominated by google and mobile so the whole idea of shoes near me or food near me um, if you look at something like Google Trends and you you look at that and say, okay, how's that trend line gone? And it was just nothing a few years ago, and now it's gone up through the roof. People are standing somewhere with their cell phone and you know their 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 mobile device, and they're they want to know about something near me. So it's absolutely a wonderful time for local e-commerce companies unbelievable time because Google actually likes mobile and likes local and it's making it much easier for people to find things near them. I mean, you can go into a lot of towns and say restaurants near me or food near me. There's millions of people searching for that, probably trillions. And if you're not doing what you need to do for Google, and Google's just a robot. Google is a very smart robot, but Google's a robot. And you have to give Google what it wants. You have to be structured. Google has certain rules. Google is very uh, sort of militaristic in its needs. And there's Google My Business. You must be on Google My Business. You really have to pay attention to that. You have to be on the other directories because Google pays attention to the other directories. You have to be in Google Plus because Google pays attention to Google Plus, even though it's a ghost town. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it is a it's a digital ghost town, but doesn't matter because Google is your first customer. If you don't get Google, if you don't give Google what Google needs to make it easy to buy, so to speak, to to promote you, to to rank you, well then you're going to be invisible to all your customers. So that's the first order of business. Um and and then the second thing is once you are served up by Google, then you have to be someone that the customer says, oh, okay, that's what I want. I'm going to click on this one. So that's your meta descriptions, which is the black copy and the search engine results and and the title of your search engine result and your AdWords and all that stuff. All of that has to be done properly, and it all has to tie back to this stuff that's that's relevant to the customer, that matters to the customer which is why it's so important that you understand that and know that, because you only have 
two sentences, you know, the title and um, basically two sentences, 160 characters are at the bottom and 55 at the top. That's it. That's all you have to communicate what you have and why it's different and better. So, Kristen, as we round up, I want you to drive home five or three to five actionable steps that you want listeners to do now to help their online brands thrive. Okay, so the first thing is, obviously, as I have been saying, you really do have to interview your current customers, and they will talk to you, and you have to follow certain methods of getting the information and um, organizing it so that you understand it and you can turn it into action items. And again, I'm not pitching my book, but I, it is in my book. It's all there. Um, so that's the first thing. You just need to stop what you're doing and do that. The second thing is you really need to make sure that you understand what Google wants because Google's the gateway to your customer. Um, and there's there's lots of information about that. Unfortunately, it's mostly down in the weeds because SEO guys don't really want people to know the basics of SEO. Mm-hmm. So I do a lot of writing about that because it's, it's something that gets lost. Um, but the basic idea is that Google needs you to follow certain structure and to do all these nitty little details correctly and to be in directories and that type of thing. And it needs you to kind of prove your worth. And you do that by having people stay on your site longer and you provide relevant information, which makes them come to you. Um, and other people link to you. You get backlinks and that's just some, uh, you know, an ongoing effort that has to take place. So there's a lot of things you have to do on that front. And then once they get to your site, they have to be immediately uh, presented with information that's relevant to them and makes sense to them, makes it really easy for them to buy. So you kind of have to map out their buying process, which I also talk about in the book. Um, understand how they buy and what are those tiny little decisions Google calls the micro moments. I think of them as a fork in the road where they can either stay with you or go away. And at each point, you need to be giving them what they need to stay with you. Because it's a, it's a tiny little, that's why micro, Google calls it micro moments, because it's just this moment in time where they're going to say yes or no, I'm out of here. So you need to do that. And then, if your brand is the promise that you keep, you really do have to give them good service and take care of them and have chat on your site so they can get in touch with you easily and all of those things that the good, really good companies do so that when they do talk about you, they they talk nicely about you and they tell others, you know, this was a really good experience. I They, they were great. They gave me great service and so on because customers trust other customers. That's right. So that's what I would do. As I always do, I ask my guest, what would be your billion dollar advice to the world? A billion dollar price to the world. Sell, sell the way your customers buy instead of the way you want to sell. Sell the way your customers, your customers want to buy. buy. Yeah, instead of the way you want to sell. Everybody sells the way they want to sell, but it doesn't work. Great. Now, Kristen, how kind of listeners or would be customers get in touch with you, your products and services? Uh, I have a website, of course. It's ShivagoPartners.com. My book is Roadmap to Revenue, 
how to sell the way your customers want to buy, and that's available on Amazon, of course. Um, so those two ways are the best ways. It, if you go to my site, it's easy to get in touch with me, and um, my email is Kristen at ShivagoPartners.com. Great. Is there any, anything that you want listeners to know? Yeah, don't waste any time trying to sell the way you want to sell. It, it's just a dead end, and <laughs> it's a great way to go out of business. So if you want to turn that around and you want to start selling more, you just have to go go spend some time with your customers, and they will help you. That's the wonderful thing. They will help you. They will help you. Yes, they will. Uh, like that, they will help you. Listeners, don't just sell the way you've been selling. Sell the way your customers will love and crave to buy. And for more, get Christian Chicago's book. Go to Amazon and get a copy for yourself and for your organization. Christian, thanks for your time, and I appreciate the insight shared. And I believe listeners will find this really, really insightful and valuable to help their business and brands to thrive. Thank you. I appreciate it. It was fun. As a pleasure, I treasure. All right, great. So at this time, I want to introduce my books to you. Go to Amazon.com and search for Bernard Kelvin Clive. Or search for the book Rebrand, the ultimate guide to personal branding. I have a collection of personal branding and corporate branding books. So you go to www.amazon.com slash author slash Bernard Kelvin. Get a list of all the 30 plus books I have. So just tell a friend, tell a friend and get a copy for your company, your family, individuals. And leave me a review on Amazon. Just go to amazon.com slash author slash Bernard Kelvin. The best is yours.